Yo, 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 what's poppin'? It's your boy EJ, a.k.a. Sir Evangeline Joseph, a.k.a. The Bully, a.k.a. Mr. Ten Feet. Mm, it's your boy Wayne Will Maddox, mm. Mr. Free Coast. Okay. One third of Free Gems Network. Hey, man, the biggest gems. And we got another very, very special guest hey man, in the building. Icon. Mm. I say, I, I, I've said that before, but... It's a little different. Nah, this, t- today is different. Mm. This, this queen... She's the voice mm. of the Tri-City area. The voice. I'm talking about not, no, ain't nobody seeing her. We got to give it up and give her her flowers today. Miss mm. A.P. What's up, y'all? How you What's doing? I'm, I'm so glad to be here. I can't wait. Man. I'm excited. Woo! I'm excited. Man, we are too. Um, how we like to kick off the show Okay Is we like to ask Where are you from? I'm from here I hail from Seal, Alabama Okay Yeah uh, When I graduated From now defunct Shavala High School Last class And uh, moved to Los Angeles Went to the University of Southern Cal uh, USC mm-hmm. And then years later Came back here to continue my family Went to Columbus State. Went to Troy. And it's been yeah. history mm-hmm. ever since. Yeah. Right. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's great, yeah. man. Um, you've been a staple in the community for a long time. And you said that you was you, you went to USC. What, mm-hmm. did, what did you major in? Political science, originally. I mm-hmm. thought I wanted to be Donald Trump. Well, not Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> Thought I, you know, I, I thought about being a lawyer, but I wanted to right. go into politics. Hmm. Um, why didn't you pursue the career as a lawyer? Because I remember me and you spoke uh, because about I love I love to argue, I love to debate, uh, but I got married and the kids kept coming, and right. um, then one day I was doing a fundraiser. I called the radio station. He said, "You have a nice voice. You should do radio." Mm-hmm. So I was like. But he did me a demo tape and gave me a part-time job. What? Mm-hmm. So you started. So you started your radio career out in L.A. Yes. Right. Yes. What are some of the biggest differences? And well, first off, what is the radio scene like in L.A. as opposed to the radio scene here in Georgia? Um, I will say that we we were revered a lot more. People really looked up to you. You know, you're somebody. People know who you are. Um, you make a lot more money. Uh, <laughs> um, but also you get to be in the know a little bit more because it's such a major city and right. uh, one of the largest markets. So even if you play a small role at the station, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's, it's a well-oiled machine. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You said that, you, you know, you somebody back you know out Somebody. there but yeah. but you got i mean let's not let's let's not play now you somebody here too well yeah but also i'm i'm somebody who's from seal so <laughs> yeah um but it, you know it, in la you could just walk into some place and oh yeah this is a girl from the radio station and boom 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 here it's like oh she from the radio station you was getting your stuff for free yeah without asking cuz i'm not going to ask some people will ask, mm-hmm. oh, do you know who I am? No. Like, I'm not going to do all that. And I know people here that, you know, when they walk in, they just feel like everything should be 
Like everybody yeah. should stop what they doing and, exactly. and pay attention. At to the them. end of the day, I'm a customer, just like everybody else. Because <laughs> if the service bad, I'm gonna talk about it now. <laughs> so let me pay. <laughs> what was? Do you remember the first station that you um, that you were in? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, here or in LA? The beat. In LA. The beat. Mm-hmm. Same. The beat. Same. And, and, wow. that, and I'm I'm here KKBT in LA. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, uh, so it was Worked for a gentleman called uh, Greg Beasley. His name was Captain G. Captain G. Mm-hmm. Mm. How how long ago was that? Ooh, that was in the nineties. That ain't that bad. Yeah, you made it seem like yeah, it was you, like you just made it seem like that was in seventy three. <laughs> but they was, <laughs> they was spending Marvin Gaye. So. <laughs> no, I got a chance to meet um, Tupac. No, Biggie. Wow. Yeah, so you know, cause all when they were hot, hot, hot. Yeah, piping. Wow. And I mean, back then, um, they would tell us, say, okay. Tupac's coming in tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So we, the girls knew, we knew, get your makeup, get your outfit. Right. You know. So the climate was much different. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What was All it? inclusive. If you went some um, someplace, you know, it's like the radio station had a table or, you know, mm-hmm. people knew who we were. Um, at the time, Prince had a club called Glam Slam. So that's when people were dressing up to go to the club. Mm-hmm. So everybody was trying to look their best. Right. Yeah. So you done made your, you done made an appearance in Grand Grand Slam. Oh, oh yes, oh yes. And wow. and you know, just being in awe of Prince coming around and to tables and saying hello. So, just um out of curiosity about Prince, because I didn't know you 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 know you had an encounter with Prince. Yes, encounter. I wish I had. <laughs> was was he like? Mystical, like how people say that mm-hmm. he was. Mm-hmm. Like, so were you when he came around? Like, did you were you like everybody's starstruck? Like, everybody's like just waiting to see what he was gonna say or what he was gonna do. I mean, you know, it was Prince. <coughs> yeah, and I have a really good friend that used to hang out at Paisley Park mm-hmm. a lot, and um, just when when he would talk to me about how how they did it how everything was artistic and it could be three in the morning and he said okay it's time to write it's time to do this time to do that and everybody up you know the band didn't live far everybody lived close in close proximity Mm -hmm. and um that's it you know when and everybody had to now this is what struck me Everybody had to look the part. He didn't play like you come in, you know, like radio. Sometimes we come in, we look bummy, we baseball cap, whatever. He he wanted you to look your best at all times, and he would check, mm-hmm. which was I, I thought that was something else. That he had hairdressers. Of course, he had his personal one, but the ladies had hairdressers. He had barbers. He wanted everybody to look like they were with Prince. I mean, at all it's time. Prince. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's like mm-hmm. you got you ain't got no really you don't got no choice. Exactly, exactly. And I thought that was like, oh wow, because like you ain't never seen Prince. Like, I, of course, right. that's why nobody. you saw with the you know the baddest ladies during that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, imagine the gonna have step. Imagine mm-hmm. the stress as like a woman being with Prince. Okay. Right. Okay. Like you probably thought that you was you know you was top tier, bad. Yeah. And he walks in. <laughs> Go change. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's not it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, how how long were you in LA doing radio? I was there for four years. Four years. Mm-hmm. What was some of the the challenges that you had to go through? Uh, being such a major city, one, 
I was a mom and a wife. Mm-hmm. So sometimes radio life and those don't really mix. Um, my husband at the time was in uh, the Navy. So he could be gone for six months at a time. And now everything at home on me. Mm-hmm. So, mind you, I was in college and working radio and trying to be a mom. So just juggling what, um, you know, what women do every day. But still tough, especially in a major city mm-hmm. where um, even having a car can be an issue right. in L.A. Mm-hmm. You know, if you, if you, I mean, you know, some of y'all have visited and um, driving, parking. Because I remember at that time, even if you had, um, if you were part-time, they didn't pay for parking. Parking's 300 and something dollars a month in the 90s. That's what? Yeah. Yeah. So it became easier to take public transportation Mm -hmm. than it was to have a car, you know, car payment insurance and parking. Then it's easier to have public transportation or cheaper. Wow. Mm Mm-hmm. But I couldn't have public transportation because I was transporting other people. Yeah, yeah, so you ain't had no choice mm-hmm, but to. Mm-hmm. Right. Just, you know, small things that you would think, you know, in Columbus may not mean a whole lot, but in L.A. It's huge out there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you got a city, you got six lanes on each side of the freeway. Right. Uh, yeah. So how did you juggle, how did you find that balance? Um, My dad raised me with the concept of you don't say what you can't do you only focus on what needs to be done mm. and if you keep that mindset then you just keep going mm. you need to stay on track and keep going because if you say oh, I can't do this there's no way I'm going to do this you won't do it because you already spoke it but if you say okay this has to be done this 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 then you get you find a way to get it done so uh, with my kids you know when they run into challenges first thing I say is okay fight the air for a minute you know young people y'all fight air. <laughs> <laughs> uh, get your cube yeah, in junior. Yeah, get yourself together and then get her done. Right. Because I, I, I don't want to hear all the excuses. Right. Yeah. Who are some of your mentors today? Today, um, famous or just period. Period. You know what? Um, ironically, one of the people that is a mentor to me that I was afraid of when I met is um, the owner of PNB Broadcasting. His name is Jimbo Martin. And Mr. Martin is he's um he might be in the seventies now. Mm-hmm. But I worked for him before, but I make a point as a employee, if I don't have to go in the general manager's office or whoever, I come to work, I do my work, I try to do it the best of my ability and I'm out. Mm-hmm. But um and I think because his saying is, I don't wanna hear about the labor pains, just bring me the baby. Mm-hmm. So it's like all the other stuff that you got to do to get your job done. I don't need to hear all of that because now you're wasting time where you could be doing something. At the end of the day, I need the baby. So it's almost like what your dad was saying too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, like and it's you, like a continuation because right. my dad was the same way, um, and he taught me there before the grace of God go I. So do everything with humility. Be good to everybody. And um, and give without expecting anything back. So when I do stuff for people, I do it and then I, I move on. Right. And if they say thank you, they they say thank you. I mean, I've been burned mm-hmm. a minute, but uh, I think some of y'all know <laughs> uh, me. But here's the thing: you you burn me once, we done. 
and I wish you well. You know, in, in this industry and in life, people always trying to get people back. I don't have time to waste energy with that. You burned me once. We don't need to talk about it, discuss it, or nothing else. We're done. Just, right. you know, and I, I wish you well. Mm-hmm. But you won't eat off my plate anymore. So, you're in L.A. Mm-hmm. And your husband... You know, get stationed out here, right? He got he was stationed in L.A. He got out, mm-hmm. and uh, the babies just kept coming. So we decided we were going to move back here to raise uh, the kids much, much cheaper. Was right. it like a, a culture shock though, moving back, moving back home, moving back, moving there, and moving back home? Because when I moved there, and I, I tell my tell people at work this. When I moved there, remember I'm from Seattle, Alabama. I had never seen a homeless person in the flesh. Mm. So imagine, you're 17 years old, and you go to McDonald's, and somebody's holding up a sign that says, we'll work for food. Mm-hmm. Although I had known people that had less or, you know, uh, misfortunate, I had never known anyone who didn't have any place to go. Right. You know, that... that Right here in front of McDonald's is it. I don't have any place else to go. And that was just something new to me. I had never seen that before. So that was shocking. Uh, Of course, so many cultures and languages where at the time here is black, white, and Oriental. We didn't even have a lot of Hispanics. Right. You know, in the the early 90s, we didn't have a, a, a big Hispanic population here. So you go there and, um, even most jobs, if you don't speak Spanish, you're in trouble. What? Because they want a lot of they they be bilingual because there's so many Hispanics there, right? And it's so close to Mexico that a lot of them don't speak English, or usually they'll have a child with them that does, mm-hmm. and they'll translate. But most jobs. Man, that's wild. You said you was you was 17 when you went out there, mm-hmm. so you was a baby. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I loved it though. Ooh, I, I know it, man. Like, cause it's I can only imagine. Like, it's 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 really fast paced, especially, especially compared to here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, what was the challenges like coming back when you when you um, driving? You learn to be an aggressive driver when you're in LA, mm-hmm. and then you come here. And and uh, my mother used to say, "Oh, I'm not going to the mall. It's too much traffic." Um, then the mindset of people Mm -hmm. because in LA if if, as long as you're not bothering anybody hurting anybody else you can just be you you can do you you know people don't care if 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 you're a guy that wears dresses or or you know what I mean you 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 wear your hair short on the side long on one side people don't really care that's who you are but here you kind of go back to being put in a box this is what you're supposed to look like. This is how you're supposed to dress. This is who you should date. You know what I mean? This is the school you should go to. The sorority you should be in. That type of thing. Mm-hmm. So, um, but in L.A., it's, it's not like that at all. Like, it's like everybody can be great. And they will encourage you mm-hmm. to to be that. It, you know, you don't have to be at My first job, to show you the difference, and this is still today. I was at the gas station getting gas. And a lady complimented me on my shoes. And she saw the text. She said, uh, are you not from here? I said, no, I, I recently moved out here. And she said, are you looking for a job? And I said, yeah. She said, well, you know, the health department is hiring. 
told me the department, told me who to talk to, whole nine yards. Here, they could have 10 openings at their at their job. All the desks around them are empty, and they would say, mm, I don't know. I, and, and to that, I when I got back, I wanted to get a job at Affleck. Mm-hmm. So I saw this girl, and she said she worked at Affleck. I said, really, how do you get in? She said, I don't know. I said, well, you know how you got in. You know what you had to do. It's like here, um, they feel like once I get a taste of success or something, that's for me. And I'm going to make sure nobody else gets that because it's just a different thing. Like if if I have a nice dress, I don't want you to have that nice dress. I don't want your girl to have that nice dress. If I have a nice car, I want to be the only one. That's true. That has a nice car. And if I figure out that you have a nice car, now I got to find out exactly how you got that. Or You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's just a different vibe. It's like people almost genuinely love love you, mm-hmm. and I and I that could probably mm-hmm. that could probably be a stretch, mm-hmm. but genuinely love you. But down here, it's like a lot of hate. Yeah, it, it, it um I think here we haven't taught each other that your your blessings flow when you're blessed, and so that you can bless other people. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, here it seems like sometimes in in certain circles the vibe is I'm blessed. Now, you know, don't you hate me. <laughs> I'm better than you. That's so, true. Yeah. So, I hate that. I had a mentor um, a while ago, and I would get, like, excited and want to do certain things. You know, for, I, I was young. I'm young still, but I was younger. Mm-hmm. And I would want to, like, almost, you know, stunt mm-hmm. <laughs> a little bit. You know what I'm saying? And that's okay. And he would often, like, tell me, you know, not you don't want to. You don't want to be the king of the nobodies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? If you want to do it, you want to do it big. You want to do it so you, everybody, as far as like a broad scale, mm-hmm. can see it. Not just people in your city, right? Right. You know, and like now, I think as far as what how how we're coming, you know, we bringing everybody on board. On board, we're connecting. It's different uh, businesses. Mm-hmm. And, and different um, artists, and we're all like coming together. Right. It's getting better, a little better now, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know. And it's you know another thing too. We're black, mm-hmm. <laughs> so right. uh, I think I think it's a little progression as far as Columbus, well, the Tri City right area goes, but it's definitely still there. Yeah, I think I really believe in you. Got to be a silent killer, like I was um, saying a couple of weeks ago. I never say, I hear a lot of girls now, I'm getting to my bag. I'm done. I never say that. (laughs) When you meet me, you know it's a bag somewhere. Yeah. You don't really sure where it at. You better pop it. Yeah. But, you know, and my mother used to say that's the rhetoric of broke people. Mm -hmm. People who always talk about money and how much money they're making. They ain't got no money. Because if you follow rich people, they don't ever talk about money. No, they don't. They don't. They don't even want you to know. They don't want you to know where they live. You know that kind of thing. So I, I, I definitely believe in that. You know, you can see one of the richest people I know. You'll see him in khakis and a button-down shirt. That's about it. You know, it's no. Even with me, it's no Gucci belt. It's no. You know what I mean? He, he doesn't have to show the labels because he know what he got. Right. Mm-hmm. So. You come down to Columbus, and what was the first job that you that you that you got when you made it back to the city? Fox One Hundred Five. 
So you did work at Foxy for I a little did. bit. I did. I worked there for six years. I, when I left, I was doing middays. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Philip David Martin, Art Thomason. Is that how you got guy. Midday Diva? Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, because I, I, I got that name because even in pregnancy, I wear six-inch stilettos. So I, I believe in dressing the part, looking nice. And so um, they said, she coming here like a diva every day. And that was in L.A. But then it kind of stuck when I got here. Mm. Mm-hmm. So you was L.A. pretty much birthed that that personality. Mm-hmm. And, but in L.A., you know, they wanted me to be Angie Aviles because that's more cultural to L.A. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you know it has a Hispanic tone. Right. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So did you did you go by that for a little bit? Mm-hmm. Or? I did. I did. Didn't really like it, but I did. Because it wasn't you. That wasn't yeah, you at, at right, all. Right. Because so, I, I could speak uh, Pequito Espanol. Yeah. But not, How did that make you feel? Uh, you know, I had I tried to look at it like um, at the time we had a young lady named Lisa Canning who worked there. And she was an actress also. And she said, look at it as you're just playing a role. And it gets you a better check than, you know, working three hours a day here gets you a better check than working a whole day. Right. And your other job. Mm. So I tried to look at it like that. But you just try to, you know, learn as much as you can mm. while you're there. But did it still feel as if, though, you was still compromising with your integrity? I felt like I was, um, yeah, I, w- I wasn't giving you exactly who I am. It's kind of like when you go to the PTA meeting, they don't see the whole right. Angela. They just see the kid's mom. Mm-hmm. I felt like you're seeing a part of me, but not the the full picture of who I am. Right. And I think in radio, the I think the best hosts they do that. They show you exactly who they are, the good and the bad. Because sometimes, you know, it ain't all that good. Right. So who? When did you get into that? And who was the one um, that allowed you to be free? DJ Controller. That's when I came to the beat. Um, I left Foxy. I was at um, TVM mm-hmm. for three years. And then DJ Controller called me one day. Him and Mike Powell called me, and they wanted me to come in. They were starting a new station. They wanted me to come in and talk about it. At first, I was at um, TVM, and it didn't jive with middays. So um, they went ahead. But then they called me back, and they asked me uh, to come in on a part-time basis. Mm-hmm. And Controller was like, run with it, go. Mm. How did that make you feel? I'm sorry. That, that, it was wonderful because he had actually talked to some other people saying, who should he get? Right. And they told him me. So he reached out to me. I, I didn't call him, so that was nice. Wow. Mm-hmm. So since you've been doing radio, how long did it take you to get comfortable with your voice? I'm still not. Ooh. What? I don't like hearing myself. So are you even in the studios? Many times I don't use headphones because I don't want to hear it back. Mm-hmm. Then sometimes I say stuff that I might not want to hear back. So, so like when you, when you <laughs> so I, I didn't expect that. Me neither. You've been doing it for so long. You're most like people, so great. Uh, at most it. people love to hear themselves talk. I, I know some jocks here in town. Mm-hmm. Like okay, that's enough. But mm, I, I like to get my opinion across. Right. But. Like love to hear myself talk, not the same. So you're you're of course you're the face of ninety eight. You think so? 
So, who, who, so I in, in your opinion, who's the face? Cash flow. You think so? Yes, that's my prima donna. I love her. I mean, he, yeah, but. Well, you know what? It, I think it depends on who you're talking to, the audience you're talking to. Mm. Night crowd, be right. cash flow. If you get into the music scene, that would be Jalen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Jalen's more into uh, right. music and culture. Right. You know, if, you, if we're talking to the old gals. I don't know, man. Cause well, you know, you've been doing it for a long I, yeah, time. Yeah, I guess I guess it depends, right? Yeah, and and so I I would like for us to be a collective group because I know, like you know, there, there's some people when you say the station, you think of that person, and I I don't want to be that. I want you to think of us all right. as a as a as a group because you, I think together we get it done. When you broke it down like that, I I, mm-hmm. I definitely see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, because Jay's an artist, so and also. Um, Cash flow with the nights and the clubs, and and I don't I don't do clubs a whole lot. What makes what will make you come out? Money. No. <laughs> <laughs> she said, "Listen, if I if I'm stepping, you better be paying." Yeah. Right. But um, I mean, I come out to events if we have events for artists or things like that. I'll, I'll come to those events, but on like all the time going to the club, mm-hmm. pro- probably not. I still have two kids at home, so. Alright. Yeah. What's the um the biggest misconception of radio? That you're going to make a whole lot of money really fast. Mm. Uh and that you're you're overnight, you're just gonna walk in and you're gonna grab the mic and you got your own show. Mm-hmm. Um, most of us when we came in, um cash flow I know, um we you didn't crack the mic. You you know you did you had to learn the board you had to do other things you had to see the fundamentals of radio when um, you come in you might be helping out because I think when Cashflow started he was um, his friend worked at the station so he kind of came in just checking things out mm-hmm. right. you know and developed a love for it and it grew from there right. so I, I, so many people think oh, okay well you know I think you make this so I'm ready to well you know that's not how it, it's not how it works in anything yeah. but people really think radio or um, most of your job is meeting celebrities when it's probably 5% of the job I mean you do meet people but it's part of the it's part of your job and it's a fun job but it's still how yeah. you make your money and how you feed your family so you still have right. to be professional even you know even if it's at the nightclub or at the at the strip club sometimes mm-hmm. because recently little baby invited everybody to the strip club when he started launched his new um label right. so i mean you're at the strip club but you still got to remember it's your job right mm-hmm. right um speaking of celebrities again is that is do you find yourself getting starstruck even to this moment Mm-mm. Um, I, I look at all people uh, I, I don't think anybody's any better than anybody else me included mm-hmm. uh, everybody puts their you know, pants on one leg at a time also sometimes the people that we feel like we, we build up and we think they're so great when you meet them in person you're like oh, oh okay Yikes. Yeah. And I think um, Lil Wayne uh, when he came to town some years ago he talked about being on tour and how rough it was and people didn't realize it. And he said that he had th- like three or four pair of jeans and mm-hmm. every city that they go to, they go to a store like they went to Macy's here 
and they he bought like a hundred t-shirts. So they just keep the same jeans on, change t-shirts every day. That's that is. Kind and of you know, it's like right. And and then you think these girls are screaming and begging him that right. And he had them jeans on for three weeks. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, but but you know. Everybody thinks it's a glamorous life, and in some parts of it is, but a lot of it is not. real. Yeah. It's work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you love what you do? I do, I do. Um, did, did you always? I thought about I thought about going back to law school, but I lo- I do love what I do. Did I? Yeah, I, I was um, I was hooked from the time I met Tupac. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because um, and this is how my first PD hooked me. He said, "If you get middays." And I'm thinking, mom mind. If you get middays, you can drop your kids off at school and pick them up in the evening. Still make a full time paycheck. What? That's Kate, <laughs> right? Because middays are ten to two. So you can drop your kids off at school, mm-hmm. come to work, do your production, be on the air from ten to two, still be back there by three thirty, pick them up. Now. To some people, that may not mean anything, but that means I don't have to pay daycare. All that daycare is out the window. All right. So I'm hooked. I was like, okay. And and then you know, of course, in L.A., uh, they make a lot more. But I was like, and y'all make how much? Right. <laughs> or even if you do it at if you had uh, night, Lisa Ganning did ten to two at night. She did like the love zone. Mm-hmm. I think ten to two, my kids are in bed. Yeah. Right. So uh, that was one of the things. I I was always a talker, and I could debate and not have to have a law degree. Mm. You know? So you 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 pretty much you know killing two birds with one stone, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Still doing what you love, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. In some capacity or form, and I ended up getting a master's degree in psychology. So I was I wasn't really at the time I didn't understand how much psychology goes into being on the radio too. Right. Of what to say, when to say, how to say it. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I I try to teach that too. A lot of things you can say, you just gotta watch your delivery, the way you say it. Cause I I, I say when, once you think about it, I say some rough things. Like you have to think about it for a minute. So, oh. Do you believe that um, radio is still a male-dominated industry? Oh, absolutely. Now I speak the, as a PD. Right. And the funny thing is, people think that because it's male dominated, it's the men that are most discriminatory. It's the women. Mm. I say this all. If you ever listen to me, you know I say women hate women. Mm-hmm. Oh, we we cannot stand each other. So, for months, I didn't say that I was the PD. I just was on the air. I think Cashflow was the one who told somebody. But women, and still to this very day, the 20th of January, whatever it is, there are women in this city who will say, they will call Cashflow or they'll call Jalen, and then they'll say, oh, I didn't know. I said, well, I've told you like 10 times. But it's, it's something about us, especially as black women. I made a comment about uh, Kamala Harris. I said, you know, it, I wonder how many women who are rooting for her, got chucks and pearls on, uh, who, if they didn't know who she was, would snub her or would call her boss. Because I get this all the time. Somebody will call my general manager. Mm-hmm. A call that you could have easily done because you call me and ask for whatever. You know, can you come or can you do this? 
most women will call my general manager and tell him to tell me what I got to do. Now, usually he'll just call and say, can you do this for this person? Mm-hmm. And I say, yes or no. Because he'll, he, uh, he'll be like, well, do it if you want. But in our eyes, I'm, I'm making her do what I say. Right. So until we as women can get on one page, guys don't do that to each other. You know, guys will call easily and say, hey, oh, I, I know the PD over at the radio station. Let me see if he can do whatever. Right. Women, we're not going to do that. I, guys call me all the time and say, hey, can I stop by? I got an idea to run by you or whatever. Not a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, I finally gotten people to stop calling me ma'am. And so that's good. <laughs> but um, women, we 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 still have challenges. We got to learn to stick together. I mean, we could rule the world if we could get along. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you see yourself changing that within what you can change? One woman at a time. You know, I, I try to raise daughters that uh, are inclusive of women and consider uh, women and all people in the things that they do. I, like I said, I, I will help you and I don't have to tell anybody and you don't either. Mm-hmm. But I've gotten, uh, I've gotten women that I've helped and then they turn around and stab me in the back on my job. You know, it's like, but I, I gave you a whole lane that you could do or and I, I mean I've helped people who couldn't get a job anywhere else and I've stood up and talked for them and they weren't in they weren't with us maybe 30 days and it's something shady about me and they can or, or they want to now they want to host mm. or they want to do it's like no we're, we're the host <laughs> <laughs> but they feel like they can do anything so um I think in teaching and understanding and believing that we're a fist and not fingers. If we stick together, and I, and I teach this to my children, you know, fingers individually, you break fingers easily. Mm-hmm. But if you ball them up in your fist, it's a lot stronger. Right. So I think helping women to understand that we got to be a fist with each other. That if I can't help you, I'm not going to hurt you. Boy, that's a gem. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a gem. Cause you can, like I you mean, said, black people in general, but yeah. women, woo, right? Woo, woo, we got it bad. So, I know you always dealt with hate, mm-hmm. you know, since whenever. Mm-hmm. What steered you to to not? Because it's it's eat. My wife always say, "Excuse my French." You know, they they always say, not them, but. They say I cuss too much on the show, but uh, they you cuss say, all you want to with me, baby. It's nothing. They say um, it's easy to be an asshole. Mm-hmm. It is. Like so, I guess my question is, how did you like develop develop that? Oh, I'm an ass sometimes too. Uh, uh, saying it at work is I'm nice until I'm not. So I I, I give you a long time, mm-hmm. but once. Like I said earlier, once we're there, we're there. And we don't go back. Mm. Or once you cross a line with me, we don't go back across. Uh, Quick example. Young lady, we always got along well. And um, one day, I don't know what was going on, but she was like, uh, I asked a question about something. And she took it to the extreme. I said, no, I'm just asking this. Because I also have to protect the jocks that work with me. Mm -hmm. Um, 
many times we may do, you know, production or do stuff for people, and then they come back and say, oh, that's not right. I need y'all to redo it. Okay, well, I need everybody to make sure everything is correct before I ask them to do this work because I can't ask them to work on something for two hours and then you come back and say, oh, two, two words and they're wrong. Well, you should have proofed that before you gave it to us. Right. So um, I just asked, have you proofed it? Next thing you know, I got my general manager calling or, or you know, I got the you know person in charge calling. And but that's what I said. But like I said, women, they're not going to just communicate with you. And say, Oh, no, let me check real quick. Like most men would do. Um, it was, I'm going to call her boss and tell him to make her do or she's not cooperating. So the next day it was, hey, girl. Oh, uh-uh. Mm-mm. So you say, good morning, Angela. We, we've gotten past the hey, girl. Once you tell my boss and you're trying to make me look like I'm not doing my work. Mm-hmm. We've, we're, we're beyond hey, girl. Right. We're now Angela. <laughs> You are Miss Peterson. And yeah, it's no hostility. <laughs> but you show me who you are. I've seen how far you're willing to take things. Even when and she ended up being wrong. You know I said it. But um even when you're wrong, you're willing to pull people in and try to make somebody else look like they're not doing their job when you were wrong. Hmm. So now we've we've crossed that line. Right. And I like once again. I wish you well. I don't wish. I don't wish you hate on anybody. But right, you won't eat off this table. Right. Mm. <laughs> Have you ever abandoned a creative idea that you believed in that maybe somebody else didn't? All the time. Um, not so much now, but when I worked at other stations here in in town, um, I had supervisors who were not always with what the employees. Uh, felt or thought they wanted to be the face and the only face of the station they all, only their ideas were good now it may be that you give them an idea and then 60 days later now all of a sudden they got the same idea right. <laughs> but, but um, all of a sudden they geniuses mm-hmm, yeah <laughs> yeah and then you know you're like didn't I state that right yeah but um I, absolutely absolutely and then sometimes you don't have the backing you don't have um just uh, other people, because sometimes you know, you can run with stuff, but who are you gonna run to if you don't have any 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 other backers? Mm-hmm. I mean, as technology grows, though, it's getting to where mm-hmm. you don't need anybody else to believe in what you're doing. All right. All you need is yourself, a mic, and a camera, and you're, you're you know, get your computer and get programmed. You're good. <laughs> you sound like free gems. Yeah, because right. because it, it may it may be sometimes things are too big for the people around you. Sometimes people can't see you soar because they only want to see you here. Mm. And you have to feed people from the tree limb that they're on. You can't be on the top of the tree trying to feed the people down here because they're not going to get it. So sometimes you got to climb by yourself. Ooh. I mean, Jesus that, that, Christ. That's just real. Sometimes you, have, you know, because haven't you had something where all your friends and family, you say something, they be like, that ain't hard. Right. That, please, you need to go down there, sit down there, get your job, bagging groceries mm-hmm. or whatever, right. and, and be quiet. But that's not who you are, and that's not what's going to make you happy. Right. And in the end, if you're doing something you're not happy at, you poor. For real. I don't care how much money you make. Mm-hmm. You poor because I've had jobs, even in communications, where you go in the parking lot, you just sit there for a few minutes. Let me go in here. Let me go get this money. 
and and that's horrible. But now I have a job where I'm happy to go in. I, I'm I'm glad to see uh, the people I work with. And uh, if we don't, even if during the pandemic now, if we don't see each other every day, we're going to talk and communicate every day. And right. that in itself is a diamond. So how did that affect um, radio for you? Um, very, very different uh, for us because since we're not live, um, well, we are live, but there's not a lot of interaction mm-hmm. with, with people. I, I'd have some people that come in like Gwinnetta Wright. From expert tech, she comes in. Um, then we have other people that you come in, but um, people we, we can't have so many people in the station anymore because, you know, frankly, we don't want to get sued, and we don't want, also. I, I don't want to make anybody else sick. Right. And um, and we don't know where this is going. We don't know what's happening. So I think, um, but a lot of people have lost jobs in radio during the pandemic. Mm. Um, we're definitely juggling a lot of different things. We have three stations under our umbrella of RCG, so we're juggling a lot of different things. Or I am, mm-hmm. and uh, the guys are too. Right. So, um, you know, things we love. We don't do as many uh, live remotes. Uh, Christmas, we we always look forward to the parades and the games, the football games. You know, none of that happened. Also, advertising dollars are down, so that affects all of us when the, the advertising dollars down because most businesses aren't advertising. Alright. For the listeners and for us as well, um, how how do you go about getting an, an ad? For, um, for To do radio? Like Usually it, if you call one of us, we'll mm-hmm. put you in touch with an account executive. Uh, recently, just last week, they set me up so that I can now sell because sometimes during the pandemic you're not seeing account executives so now we can we can have a one-stop shop at the beat but that's just recent that we had started doing that normally you would get in touch with somebody that works for the station they'll lead you to an account executive and they'll send you out a package you tell them what you want to spend what you need and then they would send you out uh, a package customized for you so do do the businesses that come to you do do they uh, write up what they want you to say or do you have to uh, do it yourself? Usually, copy they they will give copy points. Then we write up the commercial and then we send it back to them. Say here's your copy, and you know, let me know if this is good or write in whatever you want in because mm-hmm. we want to make sure that they're satisfied with what you know whatever because we don't want to do a commercial and say we we didn't put their address or we didn't put you know things that they need if they're going to get customers in so um but usually they just will tell us and some people will already have it you know because if, if you for real about the money you're spending a lot of people i already got the commercial and um we just cut it all right mm-hmm. uh, uh, go ahead Oh, has working at the radio changed your view on life? Yes. Um, I'm usually whatever you see is what you get. And more and more, I see that um, people wear a mask. Um, I I used to work with uh, a lady who I still consider her like my sister. Her name is uh, Michelle Aram, and she lives here in Columbus. But she told me something. She said, um, don't, let any, don't ever let anybody else tell your story. No matter how bad it is, no matter whatever. 
So, um, you know, she's like, you had a bad point in your life. Say it on the air. Because you got people who may not be happy for you or, or and they will go around, oh, yeah, that's that's the, the girl who, uh, yeah, she divorced or she did. She, you know, every, anything can be bad in the South. But um, she taught me that, and I held on to that. And, and this too shall pass. She was like, whatever you're going through, in a year, mm-hmm. you'll laugh about it. And I teach that to my kids, you know, even with, with, with relationships and breakups. I'm like, in a year, you'll be like, who, who what was that girl's name? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> or you know, who's that guy? Um, so I think that's changed my outlook. That nothing is permanent, except who you are at, at your core. That right. everything can change. You can see people. I, I see people all the time who, when they were young, break the law, do all kinds of crazy stuff. But they get older, and they, you know, you learn better. You reinvent yourself. You do better things. So um, I like to see people let that go. I, I hate when I, if I meet you and they say, oh, yeah, when he was 12, he did. <laughs> right. so I don't care about what he did when he was 12. Plus, I think that shades people from they want to give you a mindset or a, a complex about that person when you meet them. Mm-hmm. So I, when I meet people, you start off on a clean slate no matter who you are. And I don't feel like the, a, a congressman or the president is any better than the person, the, the janitor. I, I care less. Everybody's on a clean slate. I don't care what other people say about you. You have to show me that side from you know, for me to make a decision. So I think um, radio's changed my outlook because I see some of the prettiest people do the ugliest things. And and then, you know, I, I'm not going to say anything, but it's just like, like, hmm, interesting. Um, we were talking at work about Beyonce's um, nephew. Mm-hmm. He released a little sex tape with uh, Scott Jackson, and then when people were saying, you know, you're gonna get in trouble, that's um, that's revenge porn. And he was like, Psh, you know, my aunt is, my aunt's Beyonce. Yikes. Ain't nothing gonna happen to me. I said, one, you should be saying your mom is Solange, cause Solange is the bad bitch. Mm-hmm. With <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, you but, see what she did the whole exactly. Right. I said, but how many people do you know who do that? I know so many people in town. Oh, my uncle is this person. My dad is blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I said, but what have you done? Who are you? Nobody. You know what I mean? It's like, your uncle got you this job. What the man? And you can barely do it, half of them. But, you know, that kind of changed my outlook. You see people with these, these extravagant jobs and talking about all this stuff. And I think social media helps it, too. Mm-hmm. Everybody a billionaire on social media. So, how has radio, how has life for AP changed since uh, social media came? Um, the cap is for real. Oh my God. <laughs> everybody is great. Everybody is rich. Everybody is doing big things. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, everybody is getting to the bag. It's like, right. I used to work at the housing authority. Half of y'all get to the bag on Section Eight, but I ain't gonna go there. Mm. I ain't gonna go there. Nah. You know, I I would I cannot tell your business, but I'd be like, <laughs> you sure you, you get to the bag? You sure you get into the bag? Yeah, or, or or the people that they claim to be um, millionaires and all kinds of stuff. I mean, do we really have to do all that? I had a um, friend of mine who is a former officer 
who came by the office the other day. And he was like, oh, you saw so-and-so? Yeah, uh, um, yeah, you know, she's a millionaire. What? I said, well, that's what she say. Right. That That's what she is. But that millionaire paid thirty four dollars. Maybe maybe she a millionaire like Donald Trump. I mean, he only paid seven fifty in taxes, yeah. and he is a millionaire. But I was like, mm, okay, I think social media has has um, given people a platform mm-hmm. where humble people who are really working hard, they just kind of oh I am who I am. Mm-hmm. Right. People who ain't really doing nothing, they can make it look real good. I have a cousin who every time she go buy like a a, a certain type of car. Mm-hmm. She opposed in front of the car, and people think that's okay. Hey, okay, you drive a Chevy, and it's okay. You know, you can take a picture in front of the car and say, you know, one day, or you know, or I, I, I like this, or whatever. But let's not pretend it's yours. That's true. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. You drive. Um, it's a, it's not a Cavalier or something, but it, it's a Chevy, and it, it gets you from point A to point B, B though. So, right. So be proud know. of it. Exactly, right. because it, it, it's almost like you're embarrassed of who you really are. And I understand fake it till you make it. I, I, I totally understand that. But some people take it to a different level where now they're trying to make you feel bad for not having what they really don't have. And to me, that's not cool. No, not at all. Um, being a radio, you, you meet a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, what does relationships mean to AP? Um... In, in my job description, it means a lot. Um, just the way w- radio works. When you're an employee, I think you really don't get how it works until you get into management and just how songs are released and, 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 and the whole nine yards. Because you just, you know, when, when you're new in the radio, you just think, oh, I heard this hot song on the um, album. Oh, play this. Mm-hmm. You can't do that. <laughs> And and people, I, I get calls people all the time say, well, well, I heard this one, so-and-so got this song out, y'all should play that. But it, it hasn't been released for radio airplay, which was, I was uh, talking to a friend of mine today, I was telling him just a tidbit of how it works, that that's why you may get um, the download or of a, of a uh, person's project, and they got 16 songs, and you've been listening to this song for six months. Mm-hmm. But they just starting to play it on the radio, because they don't release the whole. They may sell the whole album, but they don't. Re- they release records in unison, mm-hmm. so that the album can stay around longer. That's why, like, you'll see some albums on the charts for two years, right. or whatever, because they'll release one song, then they'll wait two months. They'll release another one, like that. So if we just start playing everything off the, you know, off the project, then pretty soon after about two months. That's old. Yeah, that's old. Mm -hmm. So that's how, that's how, that's what singles and Mm -hmm. how that came about. And that, I think if you've ever um, watched, I remember uh, Tamar Braxton when she was married to Vincent Hubbard. And we see a lot of rappers, they don't want to wait. They're upset because the the record label won't release their project right now. They shelve it because things have to be at the right time too. You know, it, it may it may be a great project, but that's like the Migos, ten years ago, mm-hmm. that wouldn't have worked. You know, right. if, if they had released, the, uh, uh, you know, their project ten years ago, people were like, what are they saying? Right. Yeah. So everything has to have a, a time. Cardi B knew that she pretty much knew she was going to be big, but nobody knew her name. So everything's contrived. She mm-hmm. went on Love and Hip Hop. 
she when she went on there, she said, I'm only going to be on here for two years. I just need people to know who I am. So when I start releasing stuff other than my mixtape, because people, you know, if you were in the underground, you knew who she was. But when pe- when I start releasing music, people said, okay, that's the girl from Love and Hip Hop. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's how she, she had at least 30 people working for two years to push it to make her successful. So that's what I've, I've learned about radio that nothing just happens by chance right right now this is who they're pushing that's why like most of the girls you'll see that are hot at the time they kind of all look alike you know yeah Janae Aiko you know uh, Kiana Lede all of them kind of look like cousins because right now that's going to be the hot type chick you know you don't see people that look like me or J. Blige anymore that's true that's kind of out and right now they're looking for the waif thin girls that you know mm-hmm. that they can sing but they can't sing right you know but they can't sing and because as social media is more powerful looks become more important can you tell when something when it's about to be a shift in music and radio usually you can usually you can you can um you can tell from people's taste and then from what they start to release. Because I, I've seen some things, you'd be like, this is garbage. <laughs> right. um, but it's like, um, I always ask this question. How do you know that Beyonce is the hottest chick in the game? Because she told you she was. Because every station, no matter what she releases, they're going to play it over and over and over and over and over and over. So, it's like, if you don't like liver and onions, but I give you liver and onions every day, three times a day, after so long, you say, damn, awesome, liver and onions. Mm. But two years ago, you didn't even like it. So, it, when we continue to feed you mm-hmm. with the same things, not that she's not great because she's a fabulous entertainer, but when we continue to feed you something, and when if you're listening to any any music platform and you hear the same song over and over after a while you just okay right mm-hmm. you eventually become the mm-hmm. psychological it's psychological right mm-hmm. when was the last artist you heard and you pretty much was able to call it like this is the next big thing cardi um for sure and and people were like what said, what one because she already had a presence right now um hispanic and, and fair skin i mean it's always in don't mm-hmm. get me wrong but that's what's in in music and um if you look some some of the great have done great things they came by hit 50 cent you know he, he's been around for a long time um you see a lot of people that that at one time they were popping they were even Jay Z, what would he release right now? You know, we not gonna get into that. Exactly. You know, some people feel like he, I, I yeah. would debate you, but it's okay. Yeah. It's, okay. <laughs> it's like I feel like like what would he release right now? Because we're not seeing anybody who looks like him release anything right now, and and that's not what's hot. Although he talked about being a b boy back in the day and doing some things, um, the the music shift is very different. Yeah. Of of what he does, and then if he went to do what some guys are doing now, you're like, what is Jay Z talking about? 
He married Beyonce. You know what I mean? So it's um. I think sometimes it can be disrespectful. Even women, we're, we're disrespectful to each other in some of our, in most of our songs. Um, we say we don't want to compete, but most hot songs by women, what are we doing? Competing, Competing with the next chick. Yeah. Taking so, somebody, man. Mm-hmm. And, and, and although we don't want to, we say men are misogynistic, we're talking about I get money to do it. You, you know, you want to you get some of this, you know. It's pussy talk. English, Spanish, and French. Right. You know? So, <laughs> you know, so, yeah. and that's that's women yeah. saying that. But if you said it, we'd be ticked off. Yeah, that's true. So, so that's that's the um, the shift that I don't understand in music. Right. Like, so it's okay for us to talk about how you know how we hate women and how how that every woman is jealous of of whatever, and and that's fine. But. Can we be that mad when men say it? Because we just said it. Well, you've been dropping gems this whole mm-hmm. episode. Right. Um, what's the biggest L AP has took in radio? Under my last management, before I moved, um, under the RCG umbrella, I worked for a man who um, did not give me a raise for nine years. Mm. Boy, that's a... Mm-hmm. That, Mm-hmm. And and with um, I was the only person on the staff that he did not fire. So I, I, some people feel like that's a um, that's an accomplishment, and mm-hmm. it probably is. But um, I didn't find out until we didn't work together anymore that he just had. I mean, I should have figured it out. He didn't give me a raise, but but nobody got one. It wasn't just me. Nobody on the staff got a raise. But um, that he was saying some some just totally untrue things and he just really didn't like me i think what it was though that you know if you can find somebody who comes in and does their job and you don't have to worry about them you keep them around because i mean the alternative is you find somebody who don't do nothing yeah yeah and um so that's definitely the biggest l but i took it because at the time i had smaller children i i had gotten the opportunity to leave columbus but didn't I had kids in college and kids in elementary school. Right. So, um, didn't want to do that. My family was here. So, I, I just um, got to the point where I prayed. True story. To tell you, prayers are real. Um, my pastor at Spiritfield Ministries, Pastor Wayne Baker, says, um, pray and be specific. So, I prayed, God. I had three men in my life just giving me hell. For no reason. I come in, smile, ch- every day. And then it was like I was the, the most educated person on the staff, had the most experience, two master's degrees, and, you know, behind my back, I'm dumb, I'm this and that. And, um, you know, people would say, because they don't, everybody don't want to see you shine. Everybody right. don't want to see you do well. So I said, God, I don't know how you're going to do it, mm-hmm. but I want you to remove these people from my day to day. And and like I said, no harm intended to anybody, but it was just getting to the point that it was affecting me and my you know how I felt when I got home. I'm yelling at my kids for no reason, that type of thing. And we found out right before Christmas. I went on a remote, came back from my remote, and said, "Hey, let me talk to you in the office for a second. Mm-hmm. Thought nothing of it." They told us, oh, um, well, hey, you've been sold. 
the station's been sold. You're going and you don't have a choice. You got to go. And I said, well, I don't want to go because they had talked so bad about my, the, the people that we were, that had bought us. Mm -hmm. All right. And they were like, well, you don't have a choice. I didn't know who else was going. I didn't know what was going to happen. Went upset, called, um, because we worked for a, a corporate company with over 400 stations. Found out the person I needed to talk to from my then general manager. She she found who I needed to talk to because I was like, you, I'm not a slave. You just can't sell me to right. the next person. Well, that's it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't put two and two together, but that's, that's exactly, exactly what it sounds like. Yeah, and like, you can't right. just tell me I don't have a choice. You gotta go. So I called him, and I will never forget his name. And I tell you, he was the nicest man. His name was Steve Davis, and I explained to him why I was calling. Mm -hmm. And he said, "You are the first person." He said, "I've been doing this a long time." He said, "You're the first person that called me upset because the new company wants to keep you." He said, "Most of the time when we sell stations." and we do it every day, the new owners don't want the jobs right. that are there. They're going to bring their own people in. He said, you're the first person to call me. I said, well, sir, I'm not a slave. You can't just, you can't sell the black people because our station, you know, is, is the urban station. And he said, I used to be a jock. He, he said, I'm looking over your resume here. And he said, you know, we've known that this station was sold since June. Mind you, it's December. And I said, I have seven children. I have um, two children that with autism on the spectrum. I can just pick up. And so he said, do you mean to tell me the people that you worked with for 10 years knew that this station was being sold for six months and didn't say anything to you? And they just came up one day and said, hey. And mind you, it was like the Friday before Christmas that they told me. So it's like, we don't know if you're going to have a job, uh, you know. And so um, he said, I used to be a jock. I'm going to give you some advice. He said, if I were you, and I thank God I took the advice and I told Cashflow what he said. He said, if I were you, I would, because it had come up, hey, you guys, yeah, we can't keep you, but you could act like you're going, mm -hmm. quit, and we'll rehire you. Now, am I to believe that the man that did give me a raise for 10 years is going to rehire me? After I quit the job? No. So, um, Steve Davis said, if you do that, that's on you. You don't know if they're telling you the truth or not. They could be just trying to, they know you're a good worker, trying to get you out of the game. So he said, what I would do, I would go with the new owner. I would negotiate, talk to him, negotiate, negotiate a much better salary. And um, then... I would whip their ass in the ratings. And now if they want you to come back up the hill with them, they got to pay you. Mm -hmm. And so I talked to cash flow and um, a couple of days later, and that's what we decided to do. Mm. And he was like, the, the new owner wants you because you do a good job. People in the city already know you. And he said, sometimes you got to step out of your comfort zone. He said, look at it like this. And that's when he said, bing, God has taken these people out of your life. Mm. And although I, you know, it was scary for me, I prayed for it. I didn't realize that it was going to come like it did. Right. But I prayed for it. Take, take these people. They're just giving me a hard time for no reason. Out of my life. And, and that's what happened. And then we came down and 
um, our first and second book, we had higher numbers than stations ever had. Oh man! Yeah. So, um, we're, and we're pretty proud of that. See, y'all out here breaking records. Mm-hmm. Because because we were, you know, we were we were trying to we we run it more of a team based thing. Mm-hmm. I'm the leader of the team, but I'm only as strong as my weakest link. So, we 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 band together, or at least we try. Would you say that's your biggest win so far? In radio? Right. Absolutely. Because um, there's only just a, a handful, I think, if you can count on one hand, mm-hmm. of female PDs in urban hip-hop radio. And most people don't know, uh, radio, urban hip-hop radio is catered for women. Two women. So why are mostly men leading? So, I mean, who's going to know what women like better than another woman. Now, don't get me wrong. I get uh, people all day who tell me, um, I, we, we need to figure out what black women like. Let's call somebody. What the hell are we calling somebody? I'm sitting right You're here. Sitting right yeah, now. I'm sitting right here. But also, there's a belief, in, and I found it in this area more than anywhere else, that people here in Columbus don't know anything. I'll tell you guys this. If you move from here, and you're gone maybe 18 months to two years and come back. I don't care what job you have. You come. You could come back. They'll offer you 40% more than what you're making now. Because there's a belief that if you're here, that you're not smart. You're not knowledgeable. You don't know what you're talking about. Or, you know, there's some kind of, you know, you got some kind of, you know, under underlined plan. You know, you're really here. You're not, you, you don't want to see it succeed, mm-hmm. you know. It, it, it's very strange. And I've seen it happen in all types of industries. My friend who worked for a uh, newspaper left, went to Virginia, came back 18 months later. The job that they would not give him when he was working hard here came back 18 months later with that job with much more money than he was asking for when he was here. That's wild. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's what happens in radio. Um, you have to remember most urban radio stations are owned by non-urban people and even the ones that are owned by urban people oh wait, black folk don't want to pay black folk hand you that eight dollars an hour with pride <laughs> I know <laughs> like oh you, how, you have how much experience you got what degree okay well we're paying eight twenty five. <laughs> and I then you know you think understand. the average rent I think it says it's like a thousand dollars here so even even with now the new administration is talking about they're gonna take the minimum wage up to fifteen dollars an hour, still the people who who are getting this round know how they getting it either. Um, you still really don't make it. You have to make like twenty one, twenty two dollars an hour to be able to comfortably afford rent in this Thanks. area. So that's why people have two and three jobs. So. Um You're a busy woman, mm-hmm. very busy woman. You said you had seven kids. Mm-hmm. You know, you married. You got okay. a. <laughs> you, <laughs> you a PD at a radio station. Where do AP find find time for herself? Uh, my leisure time is shoes. I adore shopping. Um, some people like to travel. I. Even before the pandemic, mm-hmm. traveling for me is a catch-22 because you need a day to recuperate once you get back. Um, I'm not into, like, I've, I've never been the girl who wants to go to Africa. 
you know, that's <laughs> not my thing. Um, maybe somewhere tropical. Uh, I do go on girlfriends weekends. I have the same best friends since elementary school. So we do go on girls weekends, but I'm not getting up at 4.30 in the morning to go running or anything like that. <laughs> um, and, and some of them do. Um, I've done half marathons. Probably my, my leisure is probably 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. I get up and the house is quiet. And I could I maybe have a glass of wine. I work. I'll, I'll work on scheduling music or something like that on one of the stations. And be able to watch TV and hear it. And uh, leisure is probably when the UPS man drops me out the box. Try them on and walk around in them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But um, I think you find it here and there. I, I don't need long periods. Just mm. like here and there. Just give me an hour to get you know those breathing moments. Right, right. That's that's what's. Uh, I I read once that the president takes power naps. They make all presidents take power naps because they're up in the middle of the night. So certain times of the day, they shut it down. Let him, you know, just kind of decompress. And I try to I try to do that. Um, Kamala Harris is mm-hmm. now our vice president. How is how how do you feel as a black woman with her being the second in command? I'm floored. I'm I'm so excited for her. Um, when when he picked her had a lot of black friends that they had um, I think some people were like no Susan Rice um, no it should have been Stacey Abrams it should have been Keisha Lance Bottoms I was like wait a minute you're taking a miracle too fast mm. Keisha Lance Bottoms would be up in there telling everybody what to do <laughs> you know, it, well, I don't know if we need a, a real she, Kamala is black I don't know if we need a sister 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 I don't know if we need Stacey Abrams or Keisha uh, a, a Delta who who is hair is shaved in the back mm-hmm, who right. do not believe in you you know talking no trash right. I don't know if Amer- we're ready yeah. oh we're ready for her right but America as a whole we, we the first it. thing they would say about her she, she's so aggressive oh my gosh she's right. scary mean you know that kind of thing mm-hmm. so I think um, she was the absolute best choice I think she definitely has the credentials. Look at all she's done. She she's been shattering, you know, things. The first female DA, the first black DA in San Francisco. Then you know to come to to the Senate. So I think she's going to do amazing things. I think it's wonderful. She went to HBCU. I, for for little girls, black and any other color, mm-hmm. to look and see her. Accomplished. I, I I was shocked that nobody tried to say, "Oh, she's dumb," because you know, you, she's probably going to get that. I think we had a few people. Um, the what was it? Sarah Palin who said um, she was his mistress or something like that. Yeah. But um, but what it says to to girls, you can do anything. You really can. All right. You really can because I know she had some, you know, we're just talking about her accomplishments now, but I know she had some pitfalls. I know she had, you know, people who tried to to put a wall up so she couldn't go any further or Mm. kick the ladder down after they got up because they don't want her to come up. But she was able to do it. And, you know, that if you just keep going and persevere, it's going to happen. 
you know, it may not happen in your own time. Mm -hmm. Even for me, I would have loved to have been PD in my 20s. <laughs> but. Time. It wasn't my time. Mm -hmm. um, I know, I don't know about about you, but I got like one more question. Go ahead, bro. Um, do you realize your voice, like, do you realize the influence in your voice in this community? Sometimes I don't. Um, every once in a while, I tell you when I realize it the most. If I'm out somewhere, mm -hmm. I tell I'm I'm an approachable person. You talk to me, ask me a question, that what I said on the thing, uh, you know, on the radio or whatever. Um, but every once in a while, I'll be somewhere and um, somebody will say smudges and look around, but they but I don't know who said it. Yeah. So then I kind of realize, okay, people do listen to me. But on a daily, uh, I'm not one with the big head at all. So, uh, and then when I'm when I'm out, if I'm over at Central, I'm just the kid's mom. So, um, I would like to think that it's it's a good takeaway. I would like to think if I'm doing something wrong mm -hmm. or if something you don't like, I always invite uh, constructive criticism. Let me know because I feel like if one person tells you there's at least in, in uh, television we learned for every letter that we get or every call we get that is at least 500 people who feel that same way right. so I would say if I'm doing something wrong with someone you don't like or whatever hey let me know I mean we, we can talk about it and I'm not always right I mean usually <laughs> but no, not always I have one more. Okay, go, go ahead. ahead. My go bad, ahead. my Ask bad. Ask me anything you want. Go ahead. My bad, my bad. Can I end it? No. Oh, well, yeah, go ahead. One more thing, one more thing. It's on you. At the end of the day, what does Miss AP want to be remembered gonna hit that damn miss. I went a whole damn hour. <laughs> Next is going to say ma'am. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> what, what do AP want to be remembered for when it's all said and done? That was a good person. That uh, I'm genuine. Of course, that I was a good mom. I'm a hell of a mom. Um, and um, that no matter who you are or or what where you are, what you're doing, because I have people who hit me up from jail, whole nine yards. Um, I believe in everybody. I love everybody, and you know. I've been down, I've been up, and I, I want people to know that it doesn't matter what you want to do or who you are, you're somebody to me. I love you. Unless you cross me. <laughs> <laughs> you fucked very, up. That's very important. Very yeah. important. Then you fucked up. <laughs> well, AP, like I said, you know, an hour ago, we want to give you your flowers now. Thank Absolutely. you. Thank you. We really appreciate you. I had a good time. I had Man, a good time. I hope so. <laughs> I got a lot of fun busting on somebody else. I, I I appreciate being here. I mean, um, you know, in such a small city, you really I I never hear, you know, like oh hey whatever because here, like I said, it's it's competitive. I remember uh, Diddy. When he was here for Kim's funeral, he said Columbus is one of the few places he can go, and he almost don't need security. That's a flex. And uh, so I was like, I said, because here we think we just as important as you are. And he started laughing. He was like, it might be. I said, oh yeah. He said because I can walk down the street and let me like did it up. 
And he said, but they keep going. He said, we're in New York. It's like, I got this tape. I got this. I got that. Hey, I got this business venture I want to talk to you about. He was like, in Columbus, they'd be like, what's up? And keep walking. He said, I went to um, Chatters. Mm -hmm. And people were like, um, Chatters, uh, dang, you look like Diddy. Damn, you look like Diddy. <laughs> <laughs> you look like Diddy. And he, and he said he told the waitress, I get that all the time. And he said, but any place else, they were known. Hey, Diddy. He said, so this is, he said, Columbus is a very unique city. Well, I said, yeah, because we think we're just as important as you. Who are you? Diddy? Yeah, yeah I must be, you know. I made, I made $8 an hour. <laughs> 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 who the fuck are you? Right. Right. Let me give you some pointers of how you can do some shit. See, I, do, see, I go to martinis every <laughs> Friday. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. All right. Exactly. <laughs> Beers for everybody. Uh, but you only get one. That's <laughs> <laughs> it. So man. I think uh, um, for you to say that, that people hear me because I usually don't hear it. I promise you I don't. And especially from women. Mm. Well, I, I have had women tell me, "Oh, I've never heard of you," and then later on in the conversation, they was like, "Yeah, because last week you said." So wait a minute, Cam, stop capping. I thought you ain't never heard of me, and and it's okay because I don't, I'm not that girl who's like, "Oh yeah, everybody's heard of me." Yeah. Well, we heard of you, and Thank we appreciate you, you for you. for being a part of Free Gems, man, because. You know, like I said, this was not only big for us, but I mean, not only big for myself, but it was huge for us. Anytime, right. anytime y'all need something, y'all got to come by the studio, too. Maybe y'all can do one from the studio. Hey. 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 Most definitely. Yeah. yeah. That's something to think about. It's open. Listen, if, 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 that, if, if, if you extending the olive branch, hey. let us know. We in there. Okay. <laughs> Sound good to me. Well, um... One more thing before you go. Mm -hmm. uh, how we like to end the show is who, we always ask who who's in your top five. But in this case, we're going to say who is in your top five in radio. In radio. Okay, because my top five overall would be my dad. would be number one. Um, forever dad's girl. Um, in radio? radio, and are we talking about jocks? Are we talking about uh, music uh, artists or? No, nah, we talk. We talk. I want uh, jocks. Uh, okay. Um, here in town. Period. Oh my goodness! Can I exclude <laughs> here in town because uh, you know I'm always say Cashflow and Jalen. That's fine. Uh, okay. Um, but shout out to Jay. Shout out to Cashflow. Exactly. Um, overall, okay. Probably number five would be um, Miss Shanika. Okay. She is on the radio uh, at Streets in Atlanta. Uh, the Miss Magic. Okay. She is uh, PD and she's in Chattanooga. Uh, let's see. Cannon Kent. She is a record exec. And uh, not in radio, but um, I adore her. Uh, what's her name again? Cannon Kent. Cannon Kent. What? What she? Uh, she's Atlantic. Okay. Atlantic. Oh, okay. Um, I'll, I'll take it old school, and I'll probably even Bill Black and JoJo McToy. Okay. Who um, I used to work with, and and they've gone on to do um, big things. 
And um, let's see, uh, Big Mike, uh, who used to be at Fox 105 mm -hmm. here in Columbus, but uh, now he's PD in two different markets. Man. He's in South Carolina. He, he's in Myrtle Beach. And um, he has been really um, a saving grace and a mentor to me, along with DJ Hot Sauce. And Hot Sauce used to do middays on the beat, but he, now he's been all over the place, uh, Milwaukee, Texas. And Hot Sauce still, even with all he's done, mm -hmm. does my mixes for me every day. Oh, mm -hmm. does my does my and and does a show uh, for me. So Hot Sauce and um, C Styles, who lives in D.C., about two blocks away from the Capitol, mm -hmm. but I could not go because everything was locked down because I was gonna be sleeping on his uh, couch <laughs> so I could go to um, see everything. So that didn't work out. So. Um, I think it's a mixture of, of, of women and men, but um, and some some that are not in radio any uh, more. I have a, a friend named uh, Monique Jordan, mm -hmm. uh, Nikki Nicole from back in the day. Y'all probably babies when Nikki was on, but Nikki <laughs> went to um, she went to Miami Beach, and Nikki has done just phenomenal things. Divine Martino, uh, Vicky James, all those ladies. You know when I'm like naming ladies. And radio that I feel like they're trailblazers and they're doing big things. Divine just uh, became uh, assistant PD, mm -hmm. so just um, you know my girls. Right, <laughs> man, this was lovely. Yeah, right. But <sighs> I don't, I don't want to say it, but I have to go ahead and say it, man. This concludes this episode. Of Free Gems Network. I'll be back. We're gonna be. We're gonna have a cussing episode next time. <laughs> How she really talked. <laughs> Free Gems Network.